Episode number 29. We're going to talk about motor vehicle theft. Is your car or pickup truck at risk of being stolen? This is the Crime School Radio Show, where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert, Chris McGoey. Welcome to Crime School. Have you ever had a motor vehicle stolen? Do you know anyone who's been victimized? It's a pretty major event and traumatic experience for those that have lost their, their cars, their trucks, their motorcycles. I know I've talked to many victims and read many police reports from victims. It could be financially devastating for those that have to replace the vehicle so they could use it for work. The average loss of a motor vehicle is somewhere in the neighborhood of $6,500 from low-value to high-value cars. But a recent poll of Americans found that the majority really don't worry about auto theft. It really hasn't occurred to them. Unless you've been victimized before, you're not going to be as sensitive to the concept of having your vehicle stolen. So when you go to work and park your car, you expect to find it there at the end of the day. Or if you run to a shopping center, you expect the car to be just where you parked it. Well, that's not always the case. According to the FBI Uniform Crime Reports, 2014 study identified that motor vehicles are stolen in the U.S. every 46 seconds. That equates to about 700,000 cars stolen per year. Now, I said cars, 75% of all stolen vehicles are cars. Lesser percentage are trucks, pickup trucks, and motorcycles. That amounts to about $4.5 billion per year. So it's a very lucrative industry. That's why people steal cars. That's why there's organized auto theft groups out there and chop shops in major cities that will dismantle a car in a matter of hours and sell it off as, its, as parts. Now, motor vehicles are personal property. We're responsible for its care and its maintenance, but we're responsible for where we park it, what kind of protection is on it, and we really can't expect anyone else to do that for us. It's our responsibility to take those precautions. So I think it's helpful if we talk about some of the relevant factors in auto theft that might aid you in your planning and developing a protection scheme for your motor vehicles. One thing you may not know is that the top three states for auto theft are California by far, Texas, and then Florida. Now, what's interesting about that is that California and Texas both have border with the country of Mexico, and they have seaports. In the state of Florida, it has seaports in several locations. The insurance industry and auto theft detectives have told us that those are the major points of, of loss where stolen vehicles and auto parts go, either across the border to Mexico or loaded onto a container and shipped off the continent. 
I think it also helps us if we know what are the top 10 cars stolen. According to this 2014 survey, the most stolen vehicles are the Honda Accord, the Honda Civic, the Ford pickup truck, the Chevy pickup truck, Toyota Camry, Dodge pickup truck, Dodge Caravan, Nissan Altima, Acura Integra, and Nissan Maxima. If you own one of these vehicles, it's more likely to be stolen than others. Now, these Japanese-made cars, the Hondas and the Toyotas and the Nissans, have made the top 10 stolen list for many, many years. In fact, the hottest stolen cars of this make and model are the ones that are about 10 to 15 years old. Now, how is that relevant? Well, it is because these are the, also the most popular selling cars back 10 or 15 years ago, and they're now in need of repair. So there's a direct correlation to the repair of these older, most popular selling vehicles and this high theft rate. They simply need them for parts. So if you take your car into a illicit auto body shop and you need a, a new door, a new fender, a new hood, for example, they can either buy a new one and you pay full retail for it, or they buy it off this illicit stolen car parts market. So because of that, there's really a never-ending need for stolen auto parts to fix all of these top-selling vehicles. I think the other issue that's important is that the Japanese-made cars back 10 or 15 years ago really had an inadequate ignition system that were very easy to overcome and very easy to start the vehicle and drive it off. Uh, since that time, vehicles have improved dramatically with engine immobilizers and chip technology married to the key in the ignition system. And the crime rate for auto theft has dropped dramatically. It's interesting to note, I think, when looking at these statistics, that our high point in the United States was 1991. That's when most vehicles were stolen. And that co coincided with the cocaine drug wars, if you remember, back in the day. The height of gang activity also coincided with the height of auto theft activity. And the advent of technology in cars have all helped. Now, technology has also helped law enforcement reduce auto theft. They're better able now to discover stolen cars with computers in police cars, with license plate readers, notification of, of, of stolen cars, and being, being able to identify them quicker. Uh, some of these hot cars are fitted with low jack technology, which allows law enforcement to identify the exact location of that stolen car. And in that way, it's allowed them to locate these chop shops and recover the vehicle, arrest the workers, and shut it down. Now, your vehicle is at most risk when it's unprotected. The safest place for your vehicle is inside of a locked garage that you own. And as you start going down that slope, your level of exposure increases as you park it in your driveway or in an unprotected parking lot. Your exposure increases if you park it on the street overnight or in an unprotected apartment complex parking lot. Your exposure increases. If you're inside of a paid parking garage where a ticket is required for exit, that's better because they need to present a ticket 
In the case of a thief, they're not going to have a ticket unless you left it on the dash for them. Then they get a free pass going out. They just pay your parking fee. But otherwise, they're supposed to show identification when they exit the parking lot. I know I work with some large parking lot chains, and that's what we put in their training program, their protective program, is to make sure that people exiting have a ticket and that they pay for parking. But thieves are smart. They know that all they have to do is drive in another car, get a legitimate parking ticket, and then steal your car and then go out with that parking ticket. So the message there is try to pick the safest parking garage that you can. The most active months for theft are summer, July and August. It seems that most crimes increase in the summer months. So auto theft is no exception. So what can we do as motor vehicle owners to lessen the odds of our vehicle being stolen? Most people believe that it won't be stolen and take little or no precautions. Others, especially those that have been prior victims, will take extra precautions and, and some will be highly vigilant. And most, because of that vigilance, are not victimized again. Some of the things you could do are, are somewhat obvious. Uh, by not picking or not owning or driving high theft cars, pickup trucks, Japanese cars, the top selling cars, either currently or within the last 10 years, are always going to be more in demand. Cars that are flashy, with expensive rims and tires. I see cars driving by with $10,000 worth of wheels and tires on them. You're asking for it. You're going to get someone's attention of a car thief who wants your rims and tires and may steal your entire car just for that purpose. If you have that high-end stereo system with very expensive speaker systems, your car may, may be targeted. You have a high-performance motor, a fancy exhaust system. You may be saving yourself up. If you parade your car around in, on the street, at car rallies, cruising the strip, any of those things might make your car a higher profile for auto theft. So your behavior and your conduct can make a difference. If you park your car for long periods of time out where it's accessible to the public, your car is more exposed. Favorite locations are shopping centers, movie theaters, schools, any parking lots in urban areas where the car is left for hours at a time and it's not covered by an attendant or a cashier, are primary targets for auto thieves to cruise and look for that vehicle. If you think about it, it's like a smorgasbord. You can go to a large regional shopping center, and there'll be thousands of cars parked in the lot, all different makes and models and colors with different accessories, and they could simply go through looking on a regular basis for a car that will make them money. Now, if you live in California, Texas, or Florida, you automatically increase your odds simply because there are more car thieves in those states. In the big cities in those states, there are active, organized car thieves with chop shops that will be in one location today and they can close up and relocate tomorrow and start operation again. If you're on a busy seaport in Southern California, Long Beach, Los Angeles, San Francisco have higher than normal car thefts because of those seaports and the ability to load stolen parts on containers. Also, if you live near the Mexican border, 
Many vehicles are just taken across the border. So I'm not saying don't move to these locations or don't drive these particular cars. Just be advised that you have to maybe add layers of protection and maybe give a little amount of thought to how to protect this vehicle. The most obvious is insurance. That's one way of transferring the risk is having adequate insurance on your car. Now, I know many people with older vehicles, that's one of the first things they drop is the auto theft coverage on their vehicle. They'll simply get maybe collision and liability. So that's a decision that you have to make. What is the value of your car? It might be worth having it appraised or look at the, the Kelly Blue Book rating, for example. See what the value of the car is and the value of the accessories on your car versus what is the cost of insuring against theft. Now, it's another show to talk about insurance coverage, but just basically as a rule of thumb, your insurance uh, coverage, once you look at deductibles and value, what are you likely to be paid should your car be stolen? Will the coverage that you're buying allow you to repurchase a new car? Or will it just be a fraction thereof? But theft insurance typically is a bargain to help soften that blow. So some of the obvious things you could do is not leaving the keys in your car. Well, that should go without saying, shouldn't it? I mean, that's pretty obvious. But in reviewing all the car theft reports and looking at the insurance data, at least one-third of the cars stolen had the keys in it. So apparently it doesn't go without saying it needs to be said again. Some people are completely in denial that their car would ever be stolen, and they will leave the key in their car or in their garage. They have a habit of leaving it in their car. That's just not a good idea for that reason. Now, the newer cars have a lot of built-in technology that makes cars far more difficult to steal. They have the chip technology where the, the key now has to marry up with the ignition system or it won't start. Um, many cars now have car alarms built in, and they all work to a certain extent. They'll certainly uh, ward off uh, amateur thieves or joyrider-type thieves. But there are certain aftermarket things you could do that still work. I, I'm particularly fond of the brake pedal immobilizer. I have a device that locks my brake pedal in the up position, and I have an automatic transmission. So to start the car, many of you know that you have to depress the brake first and start the car. So this device I have blocks my brake pedal in the up position so you can't depress it. Therefore, you can't start the car and you can't take it out of park. So it makes it difficult for a thief. Now, there are some steering wheel devices that can be defeated, but they still will deter, keep someone from breaking your window possibly and getting into your car just because you have that device in place. Or if you have a sticker or decal on your window announcing that you have an alarm system, it can make a difference in some cases. But the, at the end of the day, like some people say, if they really, really want your car, if you have something special, there is a way where they can get it. Now, one thing that's not helpful for us to know that car thieves are not caught very often because they're careful. They could pick their time when there's no one around. They can have getaway cars. Only about 13% of car thieves are arrested or cleared by arrest in the big cities. Now, as you get out into the more rural areas of middle America, that arrest rate goes up to 25, 30%. But in the big cities with the sea of cars, it's just very difficult. 
And those big cities that have the organized chop shops, they could literally take your car, get it to a chop shop, close the door, and have it apart in a matter of hours. 55% of the stolen vehicles are never recovered. So again, that supports the belief that these cars are quickly dismantled and sold off. So it's important that if your car is stolen, that it be recovered within the first few days. After that, the chances are greatly reduced. When cars are recovered, oftentimes they are stripped of their wheels or certain parts that the thief wanted, and then just abandoned. Sometimes cars are stolen by joyriders, or I've interviewed people that just wanted a ride home. <laughs> they stole the car, they saw the key in it, they stole the car just to get a ride home, and then they abandoned the vehicle. So a little bit of precaution goes a long way. If you live in a high-risk area, a high-crime city, in a high-theft state, in a port city, and you have a high-risk car, you really need to consider doing almost everything and be highly vigilant about where your car is parked, how it's protected, and the level of insurance that you have. In addition to losing your car to a thief, it's almost a double hit, a double whammy, if they get all of the contents of your car. For some people, the contents of the car is far more valuable than the value of the car. If you think about it, many people use the car as their second home, or their second office, or full-time as their mobile office, and they have many valuable things inside. People leave their wallets and purses in a car. Bad enough in plain view, but if you think it's under the seat or in the trunk, not that much safer. It's common for people to lose laptops. And you know what's contained on laptops. These days, smartphones are small computers. Imagine having your car stolen with your laptop and your smartphone and your wallet. That's going to ruin your day and your weeks going forward. What else do we keep in cars? Well, it's common to find baby seats. Those are very expensive. One-of-a-kind business records that you just can't afford to lose. You hear stories about college students who lost their master's thesis or something where they didn't have backup records. Think about people that are into sports that maybe have a very valuable mountain bike or expensive golf clubs and equipment in the trunk or back of their SUV and the car is stolen. Think about the identification that we leave in cars. Look in any vehicle glove box or center console. What's in there? I mean, there could be things like handguns. There could be jewelry. I could tell you horror stories about people that own jewelry stores that commonly transport thousands of dollars of jewelry in their vehicle. But in those cubby holes, we often keep our vehicle registration, right? It's required in most states. What's on that vehicle registration card? Probably your full name, your name of your spouse, probably your correct home address. You also keep insurance cards. Again, have your name and possibly your home address. Some people carry their vehicle title in the car just because they think it's convenient. Once the thief has your car and the title and all these other documents, it's really almost a matter of a name change. If you leave your wallet in there, they have all the makings of identity theft. Someone could assume your identity pretty easily. I read reports of people that have left social security cards inside the vehicle, especially if they have children. They just find it simpler to keep their cards there. 
and they keep them bundled up with a rubber band with extra credit cards and other important things. People leave cash. Now, it may not seem important to those who can see well, but those of us who wear glasses, it's a big deal if we lose our eyeglasses, reading glasses, driving glasses. That takes a while to get them replaced. And if you, if you lost your car, you can't get there to that doctor to renew that prescription or get new glassware. So I think as a rule of thumb, it's always a good idea. When you leave your car unattended, you should always carry with you your driver's license, at least a copy of your vehicle registration and your insurance card. And I'd like to even have a copy of my vehicle identification number. It's also called the VIN number. It's that long multi-letter and number combination that sits on your dashboard just under the windshield. And I also have my license plate number. Now, all of this stuff can be copied and kept in the cloud these days if it's encrypted. In fact, anything important, credit cards, social security cards, any of the things we talk about, if you feel like you have to have them at all times, find a way of keeping them in the cloud, encrypted, so should you lose your vehicle, you're able to get to a computer or a laptop or even a smartphone, you can get access to these records. Now, something that no one hardly ever talks about, newer cars have navigation systems built into them. In fact, laptops and our smartphones do as well. But many people program their navigation system, they put their home address under the home button. So if a thief steals their, your car, all they have to do is go to that navigation system and push on home, and it gives them directions to your home. And guess what? They know the owner of the vehicle they just stolen is not home. And what else do they have? They probably have the remote control that lets them into your garage. So imagine this scenario. You're at school or you're at work. A thief steals your car, uses the navigation system to get to your home, uses your remote control to open the garage to your home and close it behind them. Now they have all the privacy they need. And I bet you 50 cents you didn't lock the door from the garage to your home. To add insult to injury, there have been cases where a thief went back to the stolen vehicle's home, ransacked the home, loaded up all their goods into their own car, and then drove off in their car. It's kind of like the final thank you very much for making it so easy for me. So those are my thoughts for the day on this subject. We will talk to auto theft detectives in, in the future, uh, get more detail about some of the methods that are used, and, and maybe try to give you some more ideas about the things that you could do to protect your own personal property. After all, we are the first line of defense, and we make the decisions about the type of car we drive and where we park it. Well, that about wraps up today's show. I want to thank you for listening. I try to present a variety of educational topics, but always keeping with the theme of making places safe for people and property. You know, the subject matter on Crime School is greatly influenced by your feedback. So I encourage you to tell me about your ideas that you want to hear discussed on this show. I'm always looking for a guest. Anyone with a crime or loss prevention expertise? If you have a legal background and you want to talk about negligence, liability, or criminal law. If you have an interesting crime prevention product you want to review on the air. Or even if you're a crime victim with a motivating story and outcome to share. I want to talk to you. 
You could become a member of the Crime School community. There's no charge. Just go to crimeschool.com and on any page, there's an opt-in form where you can provide your name and email address. And I will reach out to you from time to time to tell you about new episodes, special events, or things that might be of interest to you. Thank you for your participation in Crime School and for doing your part in making places safe. This is the Crime School Radio Show with your host, Chris McGoey. We invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit crimeschool.com.